Why do some people choose to be vegan? Should we all become vegan? We discuss this and more with special guest Jessica Schroeder on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, conscientious carnivore, and with me as always is my outrageously omnivorous co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and actually that's that that's true. I am omnivorous. <laughs> uh, I, as we're going and describing our eating habits, I'll use my fourth thing to say, uh, I'll give you my dietary constraints. I only eat fish and birds and dip my toe occasionally into plant-based, total plant-based eating on some days here and there. But uh, but so we're going to, we're going from the guy who eats <laughs> yeah. everything to the guy who eats some things to our oh. special guest today. Oh, nice! Wow, that's got to be your king of segues. The, the number, your award-winning segue. Um, yes, with us today is a very special guest. She is a writer, tea drinker, sourdough baker, and adjunct theology professor. She is working on her finishing her PhD in systematic theology at Wheaton College this fall, and is a holder of both an MA and a BA in theology. She considers herself a practical theologian. Topics that most interest her include theology's intersection with beauty, delight, food, nutrition, stewardship, and ecology. She currently resides near the foothills of Colorado Rocky Mountains with her husband. Her newest venture is Eden and Me, plant-based eating made simple, which she plans to launch later this year as a membership site to help people make sustainable dietary changes. She's also the co-host of the Dear Wallflower podcast, where she and our very own Nathan, excuse me, Nathan, clearly a Clarkson. Wife of Nathan, yeah. <laughs> Wife of Nathan Clarkson, yes. Uh, give thoughtful advice about life and relationships to their listeners. She is the joyful, the jaunty, the jazzy, Jessica Schroeder. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're so we're excited, excited to have you. We are because we have a lot of opinions on everything and um, on this particular subject, veganism and diet and food, we are pretty uneducated. So it's not to say that we don't have opinions. No, they're, they're just, just uneducated opinions. Yes, exactly. Yes. Would you stop and chat with me for a minute? Can you teach me to be a smarter boy? Smarter boy. Uh, okay, what do you want to know? Yes. So we're excited to have a, uh, a quote-unquote expert here today to kind of walk us through the reasons for becoming a plant-based eater and, and just all the different things. So I'm really excited to have someone on who can not only share stuff with our audience, but with us because we're trying to learn too. So yeah, so Perfect. we can uh, we can change our uneducated opinions to educated opinions. Exactly. Um, but uh, first, Nathan, if people do enjoy our discussion and want to engage with more of our content and meet other fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. We really do like both. Uh, they can also go to the online community on Facebook. We have a private group there called The Overthinkers with over 14,000 members who are getting into fun discussions on all the subjects we talk about here and posting lots of memes. So if you want a steady stream of memes on your wall and <laughs> all the tumultuous news that everyone and, and fights, then uh, definitely join the group. We will provide you with some funny pictures, but intellectually funny pictures. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and if you do enjoy the podcast, please leave a review uh, and share with a friend. Both of those things really do help us so very much. Yes. And I've just recently got a, a letter. Uh, I won't you know, call anybody out, but like that did fact check one of the things we said on 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 overthinking. We got it wrong, and I and we I replied wrong, and said yes. we're gonna we're gonna correct it next yes. time we do an episode on this thing. So yes, no, get that, that, ready that, for our apology. Yes, <laughs> but no, that's but uh, so good. We appreciate fact checking of us because we do, we do. Uh, believe it or not, we get some things wrong sometimes. We always be <laughs> like to be corrected. Um, Only one in about 300. So yeah, we're, yeah. Our rate is pretty good. Yes. Pretty good batting average. <laughs> yes. The problem with you is you're completely delusional. Uh, all right. Well, uh, everybody ready to get started on our discussion? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Fantastic. <clears throat> okay. So veganism. According to Merriam-Webster, a vegan is a strict vegetarian who consumes no food, such as meat, eggs, or dairy products, that comes from animals. 
A brief history of veganism in Time magazine recounts that though the term was coined in 1944, the concept of flesh avoidance can be traced back to ancient Indian and Eastern Mediterranean societies. Vegetarianism is first mentioned by the Greek philosopher and mathematician uh, Pythagoras of Samos around 500 BC. Followers of Buddhism, Hinduism, and Jainism also advocated vegetarianism as part of the concept of ahimsa or nonviolence toward all living things, including animals and bugs. As pointed out in Gen V's history of veganism, the choice to become vegan is a much more recent development because food choices are a much more recent development. For most of human history, people ate what they could in order to survive. But with the rise of civilized civilizational prosperity, veganism has become more of an option for more people. Today, people choose to become vegan for many reasons. Most common of them are including they don't want to cause suffering to animals. They believe it's wrong morally to kill other beings. They want to reduce their climate impact to protect the planet, or they want to improve their health. Uh, that said, it remains controversial. According to Our World in Data, 80 billion animals are slaughtered each year for meat. In a recent Atlantic, Atlantic piece, Why Veganism May Not Be the Most Sustainable Diet, scientists are quoted that a world entirely without meat would require too much land to be converted in farmland to feed everyone, and poor people would be the hurt the hardest because they depend on meat for nutrients that are less easy to find in the plant-based diets. Some online personalities have even gone in the opposite direction, encouraging an all-meat carnivore diet. Um, and Christians go back and forth on this as you know, with pro-meat-eating Christians saying, well, God gave us permission to eat meat, whereas pro-vegan Christians uh, saying that originally in original creation, uh, everyone, everything ate plants. Um, so, Jessica, you are a person who is very, in is, has, has, is making a lot of helping people to have more vegan diets, and also you are a, uh, a theology person. So, when did you become passionate about veganism and what were the reasons that brought you uh, to that conviction that this was a right for you? Yes. So I'll say right at the start that with terminology, and I think pe people think about the word vegan in a lot of different ways. And I am not the kind of person that is a card carrying vegan mm -hmm. or likes to necessarily use that label. So I will just say that off the bat because I want people to know where I stand and I don't want to hold something um, that I don't want to yeah, per be perceived as holding something that I really right. don't hold to. But um, yeah, my plant-based journey has been pretty gradual. I would say, I think throughout the past, probably five to 10 years in general, as I've learned how to cook and how to shop for food and meal plan and mm -hmm. all those things, and even caring more about nutrition and learning how to eat healthfully I've consistently moved more toward plant and whole food plant, mm. um, you know, pr preparation and eating and away from, from animals. And I would say it's, it's more recent that I would really emphasized plants and de-emphasized mm. animals. And largely because of what I have learned in terms of the science, both in terms of our, our bodily health. And as you mentioned earlier, planetary health, so it's kind of funny because the word vegan tends to carry these connotations of don't use animals for anything. So no leather, um, mm -hmm. you know, in addition to no eating of animals, but, right. um, again, like I think in, in our kind of diet conscious world, the, the term tends to be heard and used predominantly for food, at least in a kind of a popular level. So yeah, I would say that it's been the last couple of years, just me delving into things like podcasts and books and learning um, to he hear not just what the hype, I'm actually, you know, I'm trying to avoid the hype, but listening to what the science says in terms of what's best for our bodies and what's best for the planet. And even, you know, anecdotally in my own experience, choosing that path has become more life-giving um, and feel, feels good for, for my body. That's a great, so th this is an interesting um, conversation to me because mm -hmm. I like what you said that is kind of a direction that you've been moving towards, right? The, the plant-based eating. I think people think of things in such strict terms. They're either a vegan or a, a carnivore or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then there's a million different ways along this journey, um, the spectrum, if you will, of different ways to approach health and nutrition and food. And it is interesting to me that 
quote veganism, like you're saying, uh, I'd put that at one end of the spectrum. And, and yeah. you're saying that you fall on a, on the spectrum somewhere, maybe towards that, but not totally. And then over here, you have Joseph who falls more just the carnivore. Um, just anything that tastes good and is not going to destroy me. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Even if it does a little bit. Just a fine. little bit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you have the, you have these extremes on the spectrum, but there's most of us fall somewhere on that spectrum like i would say that i am by no means a vegan <clears throat> i'm by no means a um a, a holistic plant-based eater in everything i do but like i mentioned earlier i only eat birds and fish and what that came out of uh was early on maybe 10 15 years ago i was in high school and i got my blood taken and um my doctor said you know you have uh uh, uh genetically uh, informed high cholesterol, which means you're going to have to be more vigilant if you want to protect your heart and your body um, than maybe others will have to be about what you're putting into your body. Now, sometimes I've done this better. Sometimes I've done this worse. But one of the easiest things for me was to say, OK, I can cut out red meat. And so that's mm -hmm. kind of where it started was I'm going to cut out most of red meat. And I started, you know, gradually and then eventually it just became so easy. There's always another choice. Now that was a long time ago and I've, I've moved forward into, um, so yeah, now I mostly eat just white meat and those were for health reasons. Until I started kind of researching um, this whole idea about veganism uh, and, the, and the converse and what's interesting means the cultural, uh, there's a couple of things that are interesting to me and I want to touch on both, but the cultural aspect, right? Um, we talk about uh, uh, communities and ideologies a lot here and how humans are naturally inclined towards going towards um, a community where they feel safe, where they feel understood that articulates life and, and reality for them. And what was it, one of the interesting things to me was that veganism actually had almost a religious like um, community and yep. creed about it. There was, um, and it was something that people shared in groups and communities with other people the same way I might share my Christianity. It was like, this is an intrinsic part of who I am. This dictates how I live. This articulates how I see the world. And I thought that was really interesting that just some, uh, you know, a, a dietary constraint um, could be so, uh, so powerful as an identifying factor for so many people. And that, that's not a criticism, that's just an, a kind of an acknowledgement or, or mm -hmm. an observation of mine. But uh, back to my um, journey, we'll touch on that more, the kind of the cultural impact um, of veganism. But, but down the line, so I started doing that for my health, right? I started eating less meat for my health. And then as I looked into it, I found that, um, especially in the last few years, that the meat industry not only has a negative effect on health and it can especially when taken to copious amounts but it actually has a really negative effect on the earth now all of our listeners don't don't worry i'm not going crazy and you know <laughs> gonna, uh, gonna be a green guy and, and show up in pita ads but i do think that as christians we do have a a responsibility to take care of the earth and to pay attention to the things that hurt the the world that god has entrusted to, to us to take care of and one of those things that I saw that was um, damaging the earth on on some sort of scale was um, meat production. And so that also kind of came in and started informing me to take even more seriously um, my consumption and what I ate. Now, obviously, there's going to be people out there who be like, yeah, but you still eat white meat, so you're still part of it. But I, I like even taking that one step further towards helping the world. But so that those are the kind of the two issues that I think about when I think about the things I don't eat, because veganism is known for what you don't eat is what you don't consume. So I kind of like the reframing, Jessica, that you had yeah. where I'm not just a vegan where I just these are all the things I don't eat. I'm someone who chooses to eat plant based because of X, Y, Z. So it's a more positive um, terminology in uh when describing this um movement ideology idea whatever it might be but like you said i think there's a lot of different issues here why someone would choose to move towards plant-based plant-based eating um or veganism mine were health mine and eventually became the care for the planet but you know there's one that we haven't yet talked about which is kind of the moral understanding of um can you take a life of something if it's not human and consume it ethically is that possible a soul for a soul but before we dive into that joseph i want to hear your thoughts on all of this and then we can kind of take this in a few different areas but i'm excited to explore these <laughs> yeah no so i i have um i i'm 
on the the three sides of us, I'm I'm the most heartless and and uh, of a and uh, least kind of uh, down this road. I remember my um, my sister might be a little bit mad at me for telling me the story, but uh, I'll, I'll but uh, I when we were really young, I remember the one of the first one of my early memories is um uh, going is kind of just going through the house and then she my sister came uh, kind of met me and and said Joseph I just realized she was just heartbroken. It's like when we're eating meat, we're eating our animal friends. And mm. I, and I said, and I just, I said, I said, yeah, I already knew that. And she was like, well, that's and awful. You were fine with it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, and it's like, yeah, they're tasty, you know? And, and so we, that, that started, you know, our, our first realizations, oh, we're very different people, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, and yeah, I'm growing up again. It's like, it's not been a, like a really big, uh, big deal for me. And I am, but I, I noticed like my sister really did try to make an effort to do that less, even if she didn't, you know, cut it out entirely, do that less. And I just didn't really, you know, feel the same kind of, you know, empathy towards the animals. And it's like, you're a psychopath. Exactly. Yes. Which uh, (laughs) anybody listening to us already knows. He's a maniac. Um, But, um, but as I've grown older and growing, I've been kind of thought about it. And, you know, again, I've heard the kind of the health back and forth of people saying, you know, where it's healthier, where it's not, and how just the very loud voices talking about this in very different directions. And so I've not really been able to kind of navigate that. What I, what I have been interested in is, you know, again, as a sort of, as a Christian, I've been looking at this and kind of looking at what the Bible, the way it talks about this issue. And, you know, cause again, it, it, they talk about the beginning, like nobody eating each other. And they talk about, you know, and, you know, animals, like it says it explicitly, whether you think this is metaphorical or literal, you know, it decided to say that everything ate plants originally. And so it, you know, whether you, even if you think it's metaphorical, it's metaphorical for something, you know, and it <laughs> seems like, you know, the idea of, yeah, in the beginning, the, um, uh, you didn't, you didn't kill other things, you didn't eat them. Um, and then at a certain point he gives, you know, human beings permission to eat animals and for me, that kind of put me to a place where I'm like, it seems like, you know, the eating of animals is a non-ideal solution to a non-ideal situation. And what it, and I can look at that in human history because, you know, looking at, you know, history, it's like, you know, everybody says, look, most people have been too poor to be vegans because like, you know, it's like food choice was not an option. But as Christians were trying to restore the world in a certain way to to a more ideal place and it becomes more optional i've been sort of convicted that okay as becomes something that we do have a choice now to do perhaps in a kind of a restoring of of creation as sort of the, is a, as part of that is weaning ourselves off of this as a as, as something and so that's sort of been and so again you know nathan turned me on to the 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 uh the beyond meat you know kind of uh organization that's like <laughs> hey we're trying to build a make meat that's the things that taste good in the same way, but, you know, so in the same way, but are, are vegan. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to invest in that organization. You know, I'm going to put some money in there to help because that's maybe a part of restoring creation. So that's sort of been my journey with this. Um, but I'm, so I'm very interested in sort of unpacking your journey a little bit, uh, both on the, like, you know, explaining to our, our listeners, because your journey was very more specifically about health. So going, um, uh, to our listeners, like, what are some of the things you learned about this that brought you on this journey? And then from there, we can kind of talk some more about the community aspect and the theological aspect. But first, because your journey was very health oriented, take people a little bit with more detail on that journey of what you learned. Sure. Yeah. So um, similar to what what Nathan mentioned in his own health journey, um, the more that I learned about, I would say, namely, first and foremost, saturated fat um, was what stuck out to me. So there, there is, I think there is a lot of clarity in the science when you really dig into it. Um, but one of the things that I think I, I hear the most clarity on is saturated fat raises LDL cholesterol. And that is a huge marker for cardiovascular disease, atherosclerosis, et cetera. And I, I'm not the kind of person that loves to get my blood taken. I get very woozy. And so I only do it when I need to, but, um, it's been very interesting. I I honestly don't remember like, you know, what my, my cholesterol levels were several years ago, but I actually got my blood taken in December, I think, or January very recently. And my low, my LDL levels were like down in the 
Nice. So like, mm. hey, if you were at this level, you will not develop plaque. And I was like, oh, praise God. You know, <laughs> oh, so I, I mean, jealous. the thing is, it's not about like trying to live forever. But when I, I used to be all about the grass fed butter and I, I just loved my dark meat, you know, mm. like chicken and duck and, and things like that. I loved a good burger, all those things. And the more I realized that food could still be wildly delicious mm. and not put me at risk for developing something that could have me drop dead at 50 because I'm on a run. You know, mm. I, I just hear far too many stories about that, you know? So not only am I just, I, I love food. And so I'm, I'm a nerd about like getting in the kitchen and getting my hands dirty, like, you know, said baking with my sourdough starter, but also just loving to feed myself well, to enjoy the food I eat, but also care for my body well. And mm. so, um, yeah, I just, I would drink in podcasts by um, the bucketful, as it were, um, throughout the week mm. and just learn about the science behind it. What, what, what are some podcasts that you uh, listen to? Um, the main one I, that is my go-to is called The Proof. Mm. And uh, it is... Th- this guy, Simon Hill talks about, he, he's a physiotherapist and nutritionist, and he's also recently published a book, but he, he just loves digging into the science. So he goes and reads papers that like mm. most of us are not trained to know how to <laughs> yeah. decipher as easily as he can. And he'll have experts on the show, like doctors and, um, uh, you know, of various sorts. So sure, neurologists yeah. and heart yeah. doctors. And then you've got experts in, um, the area of, of, I was going to say like athleticism, <laughs> people who like know the body in terms of yeah. exercise and whatnot. Right. So all these different facets and really just trying to like get, get the hype out, out, mm. out of the room and just say like, what does the science say? Let's break it down. Understanding. What, what can we, yeah. What can we know? And um, yeah, so I said, that's probably my main go-to because I feel like it's sure. really reliable um, and I've just learned so much from there. I think I'll get good referrals from from that too to look into other sources. But yeah, it's been a really neat journey to f- figure out more. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. I thought of, an, of another resource and another thing that yeah. ties into the health journey Please. is Dr. Will Bolsovitz. Um, he calls, he's referred to as Dr. B., he works on um, the gut and fiber and stuff like that. And mm. so no animal products contain fiber and our, you've heard tons probably now about the gut microbiome mm-hmm. and how yeah. we need to care for all of our fun <laughs> gut, gut bacteria <laughs> friends. They eat what we eat. And if we don't eat fiber or enough fiber, then they are starving. And if we don't have enough diversity of fiber, then our, our health is going to suffer or, you know, lack of that, or it's going to be a lot greater because we consume more diverse kinds of fiber. So it's just been a really neat journey of exploring different kinds of things and seeing my own body respond positively yeah. to what I'm learning and trying. So I'm, I'm like my been, own guinea pig. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And I think what's good about this, and I love that you shared some resources with people, because I think what's confusing and difficult right now is... Um, there, there is a million diets right now, or fads, or, or ways, or that are uh, clamoring for your attention and uh, involvement. Um, and you know, we have the keto, we have the paleo, we have the Atkins, we have whatever it might be, and each one promises a particular thing. But as we talk about here in the podcast, we really need to look at the data. We need to really mm-hmm. understand what will actually bring about the best results. No matter how good the marketing campaign is, no matter how good the short-term results are, what is the ultimate result that's going to have the largest effect? And so I love starting this out in health. And, and I'll just share a couple things really quickly um, before we move on to kind of the the next um, phase or, or, mm, yeah. or, or next stage of this conversation. conversation yeah. go. But one thing I was looking up because I, I wanted to be fair. I don't, I don't want to just um, as much as I like, you know, the feeling of being like, I'm a plant-based eater. And you know, that, that <laughs> sounds cool. I live in California. That is the thing to say here. But I also wanted to be fair because I have a million people tell me, well, I lost this much weight or I did whatever. Yeah. And, you know, I, so I looked up some statistics on um, or just some studies on the keto diet um, as well as the paleo diet and what's striking to me is that they do give you results in the short term. The People short term. will lose weight. You will. I, and that is not, they're not lying to you when they say you can lose weight on these diets. The problem is the longevity of these studies. Um, we don't have a whole lot of uh, information, but what we do is 
as you pointed out, is huge. It's high in saturated fats um, that increases cholesterol. This is like on uh, Chicago Med. These are these are uh, you can look them up, Google these studies, but they ha they they put you at higher risk for um, for heart disease. Um, what was the other one? And the keto diet. Um, it said it could cause low blood blood pressure, kidney stones, constipation, nutrient deficiencies, and increased risk of heart disease. And so this this wasn't like me going and searching for like let's find the bad articles. These are like the first just studies that have come out on these um, particular diets. So that's interesting to me. And it says to me that there's a and this will go into kind of the theological direction. Um, both of these diets, the keto and the paleo, just the ones on the meat eating diets that are the most popular in the last few years, both of these kind of talk about an extreme form of eating where it's cutting out a lot of things and eating only meat. Um, even, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson and his daughter are very popular for talking about the all meat diet. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I know that there is short term benefits. We can see those reflect in the studies. But what they're finding is the long term, it really does harm your body. And that goes yes. back to my kind of theological understanding of God, the God who created balance in the world, who designed the world in a way, you know, I know you're not supposed to say um, what what is it a, a balanced diet anymore and that the, the nutritional pyramid was all like, uh, I don't know, some conspiratorial lie or something. Maybe it is. <laughs> but what I do believe is that God created the world with balance. And that, um, and that I think when you go towards extremes, I think ten, you will tend to find unhealth. Even if you find um, something positive in the short term, you will find in the long term unhealth. And this this goes across a range of issues, right? We could talk about sexuality, we mm -hmm. could talk about um, money, we could talk about finances, and all these different things. You can find a temporary high, but that will ultimately leave you in a lower place. And I think the tr the True. Uh, the same is true of these kinds of diets where you eat only meat and, and cheese and, and fats that ultimately, if you live an extreme lifestyle style with your food, um, that you're going against kind of the natural design. And so that leads yeah. us to kind of the theological backing for what we're talking about today. And, you know, we're kind of avoiding the more cultural issue of the ethical issue. And I want to I want to touch on that last, but I want to move a little bit in towards the direction of the theological. Do you mind if I add something real quick before we no, switch please gears? Do. Absolutely. Yeah, just quickly here on, on, on the note of the, I love that, that you brought up the short term and the long term benefits. Um, so it is very true. It is true. Like people anecdotally, and just, you see it in studies that in the short term on something like a keto diet, people will experience a lot of um, often weight, weight loss in the short term. And predominantly that's because they're essentially doing an elimination diet. So they're going to feel better because they're cutting out things that are probably aggravating their body, which might mm -hmm. be maybe, you know, their, their body's already not in a good, healthy place. Mm -hmm. And so they're not able to, um, to handle like the good kinds of fiber that our bodies ought to be able to handle. Mm -hmm. And so when they pull everything away they're like, well, of course I feel awful on whole grains and beans and whatever. It's like, well, that's because your body needs to heal. Um, but then they don't ever give themselves themselves the chance to develop the, the capacity to do that. It's like our mm -hmm. guts are kind of like a muscle. Like you, you can't just walk into a gym and bench press three hundred pounds if you've never worked well, out I before. Can, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I should. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, anyway, just this this notion of um, expecting that just because something helps in the short term that it's mm. necessarily going to be good in the long term. We have to understand why it might be working in the short term. Mm. Like you're you're cu probably cutting out tons of processed junk food and you're not eating all the sugar or drinking all the sugar that you were, yeah. you know, eating or drinking. So, it's just helping people to realize that just because something works in some kind of way doesn't mean that all of it is good. All that glitters is not gold. Or that's all that's good for long that's really good reiterating is that one the fat the reason that we know people who have benefited from i've heard one nutritionist say this that i that makes a lot of sense that you say this um is that reason why we see some of these results is that you're cutting out things that are bad and the fact that you're choosing to only eat one thing automatically means you're cutting out a lot of things that are bad but it doesn't mean that what you're replacing all that bad stuff with is actually going to be good or at very least optimal for you. It doesn't mean the thing that you've picked to replace that is actually what's optimal for you. Is that a cor mm. correct way to, to sort of say yeah. what you're saying? Correlation yes. doesn't equal causation necessarily. Yeah. yeah. yeah or even just the fact that you, you've cut out a lot of bad stuff 
and you might be overdo maybe, maybe you're way overdoing the meat, for example, on a carnivore or right. a highly meat focused keto diet. Um, but you're, you know, you're cutting out the really bad, like yeah. processed junk and sugar. And, and yet, you know, that, that doesn't yes. mean that that's like the best food that you could be eating. Right. You know, you're missing out on all the other great plants that make up a well-rounded so, Okay, cool. So, so what, I guess I'm moving on to the, the theological aspect, mm -hmm. how are you, how, um, how does this integrate with your, um, with your theology? Because again, you are a theologian. You know that um uh that's what that's your your job your expertise and your um and you're getting your PhD in there and so how has your theology dovetailed with your as you're learning more how has that um changed your theology or uh, reinforced your theology or uh, what how has that brought you to a place you are right now theologically and what does that look yes. like or are they totally separate. Yeah, <laughs> they are not separate. <laughs> Good, because that's more interesting. Yes, well, and, and theology, honestly, that's why I call myself a practical theologian. All of life is theological. And mm. especially for those of us that are that are Christians that call ourselves Christ followers, our theology and our life need to dovetail. If they do not, then there's something's wrong with one or the other. Mm. And so it, it's been really cool to journey along learning more about um, both the health and the planetary benefits of eating predominantly plant-based and being prayerful and mindful about what the scriptures say and how to theologically think through all this, because like I said, this is not about living forever. I mean, when you go and listen to a podcast that's by someone who's agnostic or atheist or mm -hmm. what, whatever, fill in the blank, not a Christian, they're probably coming at this from the conversation of, how do I live to a hundred and be still healthy and not get cancer or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I would love to not get cancer. That is part of my goal. But at the same time, I know where I'm going to be if I get hit by a car tomorrow and mm -hmm. don't make it, you know? So it's more for me about stewardship. So starting mm. in Genesis one and two, God creates, he puts humanity in charge of everything. He says, this is mine, but you're going to go work it and keep it, tend it, cultivate it, take care of it. Yeah. And I think that's such a beautiful picture. It, it applies to so much in our lives, it applies to our work, you know, it applies to our relationships, but it also applies to what we eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and the mm -hmm. snacks in between Absolutely. and dessert. Don't forget dessert. Um, Never. <laughs> so it's, as I look at Genesis one and two, and I think about the fact that the, the land belongs to Yahweh and mm -hmm. the creatures do. And we are supposed to take care of that in the way that Yahweh would want us to. And then I look around and I think, wow, we are just selfishly asking how much meat we can get, how much milk we can get, how much whatever. I mean, yes, that can that can come in the form of how much you know corn or grain can we grow mm -hmm. from the, the ground too. So it's not just a problem with how we produce our, our animals. It's also what we try to it's, it's a farming stewardship issue too. Mm -hmm. But the point I'm trying to make here is this idea of greed. I think there's far too much greed that drives us and our choices. And um, I think it was Nathan, you mentioned our world and data, or sorry, maybe it was you, Joseph. But one of you mentioned that they have great resources for farming and how things are produced, how much land it takes, how much water it takes, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so- as we see, when countries become more and more developed and industrialized, they tend to take on Western eating patterns, which means more meat, by and large, among other things, of course. But our planet cannot sustain a growing population eating meat the way that we want to, <laughs> quote, we want to, to eat it. And so as I continue to learn these things and ask what it means to be a Christian and eat responsibly, I think, mm. well, gosh, it, it, I at least have to like reduce, you know, my mm. intake. Like, it's not fair for me to say, I'm going to have as much as I want any day of the week. Um, and then watch my brother and sister in a poor country across the world get ransacked by tsunamis and wildfires because of the climate change that's being caused by mm. the way that we're farming. It's etc. So I realize I'm kind of I'm hitting on so many different points. Oh, there's so there's, many ways there's to just go with so it. much to to, to yeah. go into it. But 
all that to say my theology and the way that I'm choosing to eat go hand in hand and they have to. Um, well, yeah. you brought up two theological, I think, imperatives that every Christian has. And I think that even our non-Christian listeners would mm-hmm. agree with these in their own kind of understanding. Um, one is that we, as people who believe in God, who are given bodies, mm-hmm. who are um, that are, are designing the image of God, even we bear the image of God, we are given bodies. Um, we have to take care of those bodies. We have a responsibility to take care of those bodies. You know, we we focus on a lot of the sins that that Paul talks about that are um, uh, a big culture issues right now, right? But one of the ones we really tend to avoid is gluttony. And I think what you were kind of talking about reminded me of the sin of gluttony. Now, what we think of gluttony is just eating too much. Um, but when you look at kind of the holistic understanding of what the concept of gluttony is, it, it's essentially that, but it can be even grander. It's it's taking more than you need. It's it, it, And it's doing something to such an extreme that it causes harm. To me, that's kind of what gluttony is. And it's especially centered around food, I believe. And so what's interesting to me is that um, Christians, for whatever reason, tend to avoid this idea of gluttony, uh, This, which it, it's right there in the list with everything else we love talking about. Um, but gluttony, to me, is taking something um, to such an extreme, and I literally mean taking something to second thing that it causes harm. And so I think we can we can track that harm um, using studies and statistics and data that it uh, taking too much to our bodies will cause our bodies harm. Now that is going against, I think, um, God's design for our bodies and the responsibility we have to take care of them. And so right there you have a theological reason to at least step in the direction to eating more plants in your diet. Because as we can see, the data backs up eating too much meat will cause, we talked about all the health issues earlier. And please, I encourage our listeners to go study this. I did. It really is eye-opening. It's not even necessarily uh, comfortable. I don't even necessarily want it to be true. I want to be able to eat whatever I want to any time of the week, any time of the day. Um, But (laughs) I do think we have an imperative to treat our bodies well. And so we can see the data says eating at least um, an extreme uh, amount uh, this much meat all the time will hurt our bodies. And then we have the love thy neighbor, right? Where it yes. goes into, even outside of our bodies, into the people around us. And as you were pointing out, um, the, the world simply cannot sustain all of us eating exactly what we want all the time. Forget about the health issues. Even if we did, there will be people who aren't able to eat that and it will hurt their land, it'll hurt their homes, it'll hurt their, uh, it'll cause um, uh, and. We'll, we will have another episode on global warming and all that. I know that some of you are <laughs> going crazy, but we will have an episode on that. So don't worry, we'll address that. Um, but whether you believe it in the in the large universal scale or just a local scale, um, it can hurt people and their homes and um, and, and and lead to disaster naturally um, and, and leave people without. And so I think that's another thing we have to think about when we're just eating copious amounts of meat, that it does, it takes work. And it takes um, effort and resources to create that. And if you're eating so much of that and consuming that, you're going to be taken away from other people and uh, very likely hurting places that has to that have to produce it. And then you go into obviously taking care of the world, taking care of the earth. That has that was from Genesis one. We see that this is an imperative for God that we take care of the world. And we have seen over and over again the death, the the data that shows the destruction that human consumption, particularly in the meat industry, has had on the world. Um, it, whether it's a methane gas, whether it's uh, whatever it might be, it does have a destructive nature in in copious amounts. Again, I'm not talking about just full on veganism or full on I'm just uh, uh, only meat. I'm talking about just the movement towards extreme extremist behavior. And by that, I mean, when you're consuming something to the extreme, that it causes harm. And so that's something I think we ought to be cognizant about as we're engaging in this, that we have a theological, um, uh, essentially uh, uh, direct direction from God to take care of our bodies, take care of our neighbors and take care of the world. And we have to start investigating what we eat and how we eat is it doing that? Well, that's that, that, that's that's the place of emphasis. I would kind of, I, I would sort of, I would, I place myself. Now I would place sort of for our listeners is that, you know, again, you know, for for the people who call themselves to consider themselves Christians, um, since we've moved into the theological aspect of the discussion, for people who consider themselves Christians, um, you know, if, uh, if you disagree with sort of a, you know, um, the choice, to, you know, about how you know uh, the this, this things that we're talking about right now you have to explain how um you know uh we have you have to explain how 
you t- you're being a stewardship again it's like because we know theologically that we are supposed to steward the world like as as jessica is saying we have to be stewards of this world and so you have to explain how your version of you know meat consumption your ver- version of you know however you're doing this you have to explain theologically as a christian how your version of that fits with the mandate for stewardship Mm-hmm. And um, so what I, and you have to do it with the best data that you have available. So I would kind of I would encourage people to base their opinions on, um, you know, the best that they've been able to figure out is the way to encourage the mandate of stewardship. Because, um, you know, both like in they're, they're, body and both, earth, in bo- yeah. both. Yes, exactly. Your mm-hmm. own body, mm-hmm. your own body and then your neighbor and then the earth, because those are a part and, and even the animals. Those are part of our mandate. And again, it's like there's we'll have the you know climate change discussion at some other point about like what the best way is to to do that. But that's that's what you have to justify and that you have to think about. Because again, there are a lot of people who do this thoughtlessly, and that's the one thing that on the overthinkers we don't we don't allow. We so we don't allow <laughs> overthink, <laughs> not underthink. Um, and I guess what my, I you know you can uh, kind of um, push back on this, Nathan. But one of the things I would I would be interested in getting your perspective on Jessica is why has it become a tribal thing? Because you're, you're kind of coming up from the perspective of, huh, you know, again, I want to be healthy. I want to do what's best for, you know, my body and my neighbors in the world. It's like, what's Mm -hmm. the best way to do that? And whatever, you know, conclusion you came to, like you came from it from a practical standpoint of how do I, you know, address my values in this way. And there are values that most, that lots of, most people would say they value, they value their health. They've, you know, most people would say, I, you know, I don't hate, don't want to destroy the planet or I don't want to hurt my neighbor. You know, it's like, and, and yet as Nathan indicated at the beginning, it's become a, you know, to be vegan, vegan plant-based has become a cultural marker and to not be that way has become mm-hmm. a contrary cultural marker. Um, even though most people, if you would ask them, would say profess the same similar values. So sure. if, as you have been moving in this direction and then you've been sort of moving sort of in these circles and having these conversations, what to you has, get, what's been the indicators to you, what it seemed like, seems like has been the reasons that it's become a cultural tribal marker? That's a really great question. I can't say that in, I know for sure, but I can definitely put, put out give some it a guesses. Shot. Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll all give it our best stab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think one thing that Nathan was saying earlier that I think is one reason for this is that we like to have a tribe, right? We like to mm-hmm. be a part of a group where we feel like we belong and we mm-hmm. have like-minded people that understand us. Like no one wants to be the one person at the table who's like, oh, well, I'm not eating the same thing. Like yeah. It's awkward mm-hmm. and it's hard. And I've had to be that person because, you know, when you feel like you have this burden um, mm-hmm. to be consistent with what your values are, it, it's like I can, I'm at a barbecue joint and I'm like, I, I yeah. I'm sorry, I cannot order barbecue. I'm gonna do you have tofu? Do a little <laughs> like a, I ask for like a salad and I get creative with what's on the menu. Hey, can you add this kimchi in there? And I see you have avocado, you know, you gotta get creative. But when you have other friends who are quote, you know, vegan or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, your tribe is, or even if it's not about dietary things, you know, you've got your 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 gang or whatever who yeah make you feel at home. We all want to belong. Mm, right. Yeah. So it's been interesting. I talked with a friend not too long ago who has been on a similar journey. Um, and she does not always like use the label vegan and, she, mm-hmm. it, and part of it's a spiritual journey for her. And, um, in terms of being obedient to the Lord in, in what he yeah. has for her in whatever season. And I think one thing that she and I came to recognize is that it, it is really difficult to dwell in that the the nuanced complex middle mm. space. So I think mm. people want the clarity of a label and they like to belong. And mm. I think there's something kind of in vogue about veganism. Mm. It's the kind of thing that I hope it doesn't go out of style in the sense mm-hmm. that like I don't want it to just be a fad that goes away because I think it's actually a good thing. It's not like beneficial. the cold yeah. shoulder like fashion that I think was never <laughs> a good thing. Um <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that it is kind of like trendy now to like get an oat milk latte mm-hmm. or or whatever. But I'm I'm glad that people are doing that more because it I is, love I think, my oat milk latte. Oh, good. And I love I think... normal lattes too, but uh, I just oat... don't like lattes. So I'm about yeah, to have this conversation. Black coffee. <laughs> I love normal ones with milk too, but uh, oat milk doesn't make my tummy upset. So <laughs> yeah, same here. But, 
I totally agree. And I think what I've noticed um, is that veganism as a movement popped up just as we start wrapping this yep. up, kind of the understanding your cultural question, Joseph, it, if you kind of look, and this is just more of a, a just overall look, and I'm mm. sure someone can disagree with me, but I would argue that as a movement, it kind of post up, it kind of um, popped up in post modernity, meaning we see the old tribalistic markers dying. We've talked about this a million times in the podcast. We see the identity markers of um, church and family start to kind of recede as families become more broken or at least more scattered um, mm. and church attendance has gone down and uh, religion's relevance and culture has gone down. We It kind of created this new market for identities. And I think one of the ones that's going to be the easiest mm. to... Um, to base your life around is one that's around eating and what you don't mm. eat because we spend a lot of time eating as humans. And it's also one you can attach a, a an ethic and more and morale to, right? Yeah. Right yeah. to do this. And I think in very many cases, not all the cases, um, that it actually, there's a lot of data that we've gone over today that it is right to do this. So when you have that kind of um, moral and ethic um, uh, built into it as well as this built-in community, especially in a culture that is um, more and more void, of, let's say Christianity or traditional religion, I think it's only natural that you will see things like veganism pop up as a makeshift religion in a sense if that makes if that makes sense. So that would be my yeah. answer. I, I think that that's I think that that's a very good point. I would add to that that there is, I think we need to have room as even as much as I and uh, people, the overthinkers here, we we hate doing this. I think we have to leave room for the fact that there is a simply a historical and somewhat arbitrary nature to it. Cause I think mm. like you, it, it to, to how the tribes have shaken out. So for example, like you said, it does, it makes sense that um, you would build it around food because it's, that's a basic human thing. We tend to try to make things, and there's an ethical component to it. But I think that there is an aspect of it that it, it came about, you know, in certain places that were more kind of like, Hey, let's try a new thing. And mm. then became associated then with those groups and all the other new things that they were trying. So again, and 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 it became this group of people is like, you're a vegan, it means you also have these other beliefs. Why? Because that's sort of the new thing to do and everybody was trying those new things. And so that what that has, well, the problem with that is it's meant that, you know, a person who's a vegan is now not just a vegan. They also, there's a lot of political associations with it. There's a lot of yeah. other things with it. And so people are like, oh, you're a vegan. You're bringing all these other things to it because they are attached to so much. much. And I think the reason is partly arbitrary. It's like historical. Again, there's no necessary connection to between being a vegan logically and any other political opinion you may have. But, you know, but it happened that way historically. And so now we associate that way together. And again, now because it's been attached to all these other things, like you said, it's hard when whatever group you're in, I like these days, this, wherever you're in, to be the one person who is different from all the other group. And so we have a psychological- And we eat a lot. And we you eat know, a lot, yes. The difference is going to come up <laughs> at least lot. three times a day if you're hanging out with your friends. Yeah. And so when we are, um, and so when we're, we're with our friends that way, we want to kind of adopt all of their beliefs and dispositions, um, even if- you even if like there's one or two that you disagree with we want because we want less friction in that way so i think that that, that that's that makes sense of some of it to me although it is still it is still odd and weird um, yeah, yeah and if i can i just speak a moment to the um the 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 difficulty of finding oneself like on this journey mm -hmm. so um i I don't like being like a pain to other people in the sense of like, if someone's going to have me over for dinner, I don't want to be like, here's all the things I can't eat yes. or that I don't eat. I mean, I understand when people literally have an allergy and like, I yeah, will, of course I will totally, you know, help when that's the case, but um, I don't want to have to just be like, well, preferentially, I want you to yeah. cook me this. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I, I even have a hard time doing that with like, I, I don't eat beef and pork. And, and that's not even that much. And I still right, exactly. I doing that. Like yeah. we went over to Jessica's house and I was like, oh, you got to tell her, you got to tell her that I don't <laughs> eat. And we had no idea at that point that you were <laughs> So it was like, oh, it was so great. But I, I hated that moment of having to, Celia's like, I, we got to tell her we don't eat, um, we don't eat red meat. And so I totally understand that. You know, and, and one thing I've been, I just I've tried to be prayerful about it because at the same time, I want, want to honor people 
in in the sense that if they if they want to cook for me in that way or if they they yeah. want to, if they want to be open to something or let's say that they actually do eat something that's predominantly plant based so they don't think of it that way you know, like like how do I help to foster conversations because especially now that I've started a business that's yeah. focused around plant based eating and helping other people do that it's like this is going to come up a lot more frequently so I have to be like willing to kind of lean into the discomfort mm-hmm. um it just like it just like you might be getting a little discomfort uh, or sorry get a bit uncomfortable when people ask you about your religious beliefs you're like yes. okay this is going to create some tension here but also recognizing like being open and vulnerable and not having to be completely like you're saying extreme like i i don't call myself a vegan because i do make some space for mm. some animal mm-hmm. products in part because i don't want to break communion with people mm. i want to be able to sit down and eat a meal with people and so I think that's also really important to keep in mind. I think that's great. And just as we wrap up and, and I'll let you um, finish this, but just off of that. And this is what I love about the overthinkers is we're not here to give you answers about what you should eat, you know, to the listeners. That's what I love that we didn't do today. Yeah. If you eat, we didn't, we're not finishing this episode saying, if you don't eat vegan, you're a bad person. <laughs> um, or if you don't eat only meat, you're going <laughs> to you know, die tomorrow. Like uh, what but I think all, this whole conversation has pointed at least me to is being more cognizant of what you consume for your body, how it affects the world. And I think that's a Christian thing. Mm -hmm. Even beyond Christian, I think that's a, a, you know, I have atheist friends who want, um, they they talk about human flourishing. That's where their their moral and ethic comes from. I think that's a good thing, both for yourself and other humans and the earth we live in is just ask yourself the question, Hey, go have that burger with cheese on. That's, that's fine. But just ask yourself, how is this um, stewarding best, the body I've been given, yep. uh, the people around me who it will affect and the world I live in. I think those are good questions to ask. You don't have to become vegan tomorrow. You don't yeah. have to become paleo tomorrow, but maybe just be more cognizant of asking those questions of how we steward our health and body and world is a good thing. So I hope that's what you, what everyone's yeah. take. Also, also I will add to, um, you know, I think I really enjoyed Jessica talking about is um, not making the perfect, the enemy of the good, you know, yeah. where, where it's just like, look, look, you know, again, like me, it's like, for me, you know, I think that this, I love this conversation is like on my list of priorities of ways I want to, you know, I want to make myself a better person and follow God more. It's not the super, the highest on my list, you know, but, you know, so it's like, I'm not going to maybe prioritize this as my, I'm not going to start a plant-based, you know, eating business, you know, tomorrow or, or make, <laughs> say, but, you know, I'm interested in the conversations and where I am being exposed to data on ways that I think that this could be a better way, you know, I'm going to pick up on those and I'm going to see, maybe I can, in a little way, I've been shown that this will make the world a better place and me better. I'll, I'll do that. And again, I don't have to then. And you'll start go, asking yourself questions. Asking those questions. And, things. Yeah. and again, I may not make this asking these questions the highest priority on my list, but to the degree you're that a I bad do person, ask, Joseph. Yes, I know, but we've established <laughs> that and I'm okay with that. I know I'm disgusting. But one learns to love it. Um, but that's but you know, doing just a little bit, you know, that's not that that's a good thing too. And so giving yourself freedom to uh, be at whatever stage your journey you're on, as long as you are making an effort to think more deeply about your choices, that's yes. um, that's that's a priority. Absolutely, Jessica. Before we before we end this, any last words to you know think about people out there who um, are a oh, veganism stupid or the people who are like it's the only way or plant based. <laughs> Um, what are just some last words on this, this, everything we've talked about today that you would share with the listener who is, um, yeah, who's heard this conversation? Yes. I'd say to the person that thinks it's all kind of a bunch of baloney and no pun intended there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say open, be, be open to, um, to learning something. And how do I say this? I guess. We're, we're talking a lot about going and doing your own research, you know, finding mm-hmm. out what's out there. And I'd say, take everything you see with a grain of salt, because there is a lot out there that gets a ton of following, a ton of views, a ton of likes. That's just not true. It's not good science. It's not, um, not reputable. Why is your intake say. of information as well? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, think about if you were writing a research paper in a college course, you know, would your would the sources that. that you're citing be, you know, <laughs> okay with your professor? So um yeah, I feel like I think we often, like Joseph was saying, 
it's hard to prioritize everything because that's the, by, by definition, we can't prioritize yeah. everything. And at the same time, be open to asking yourself some questions and yeah. asking maybe those that you know that that are a little further along the journey to learn a bit more, be curious, and yeah. also be okay with where you are right now and making progress. Like, like we're saying, don't make perfect the enemy of the good. I would say to the listener, be as plant-based as as you can, as as is reasonable and and possible for you right now. And maybe that's just changing one little thing at a time every, every week. And that's okay. And that's actually, that that's the whole point about being sustainable. You, I don't expect anybody to listen to this and change overnight or next week. It's all about making something sustainable for the long haul. Yeah. And that's, as a great way to end. This is for the ultimately the long term. I love that. So ask yourself those questions. That's great. Thank Jessica. Thank you so much for starting this conversation with us. I, I, I hope this will um kind of inspire people to think, again, more deeply about this, even in small ways, and just reflect more uh, on what we consume. And I, I love this conversation. But now we get into actual practical advice where we can go <laughs> to find out more uh, other resources or just entertainment about our subject in the, the great segment called <laughs> Blesses and Curses, where we take a work of art, media, or resource around our topic and either bless it, which is recommend it, or curse it, which I haven't figured out a good analogy for. I never like, can, yeah. Tell, tell, so, tell someone to stay away from it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Bar Barbara Streisand effect it. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, so, um, so yes, uh, we always give our, our, um, our guests the option to go first or last or and to participate in either uh I, either blesses or curses or both so uh Jessica, would you like to uh wait to the end to to be the grand finale or would you like to go go first for with your with yours i will go ahead and start us off Perfect. Um, so my my bless i'm blessing the the podcast that actually already mentioned mm -hmm. the proof it's um with or slash by simon hill it's just a terrific podcast i have found so informative. Um, don't be um, discouraged by the length of the episodes. I mean, obviously people who listen to this like a long episode, but some of them are even like two or three hours. I just break them wow. up over the course of a week, you know, listen to it while I eat lunch, hmm. but yes, the proof. And then I go into my curse. Please. I, I don't have a specific thing in part because I, I'm not like all over social media and hmm. seeing all the crazy hype, but just in general, I'm going to curse social media as a source of nutrition and like environmental science quote um, pseudoscience <laughs> i get all of my nutritional advice from memes uh, so, i have to I say that curse. you are you are not the first person to curse social media <laughs> on this podcast that is, that is a, a classic curse that's fairly safe um but yeah no that's very fair very fair uh okay so uh you were very efficient with your blessings and curses i have to say uh thanks <laughs> both nathan and i could could learn a lot from you in that regard um <laughs> but now that i've teed you up nathan uh what would be your blessings and curses i do have to say i have trouble with this one just because i am so uneducated on this topic coming finding things because you're a bad person bad of the bone bad of the bone you know <laughs> You, you don't have to sell me even more to my fans, Nathan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, I, I actually had a hard time as well thinking about what, because I, I could do documentary. Um, but I was trying to think of something that I've actually engaged with during, um, in, in recent years. And, and Keely and I, during the pandemic, um, we, we started just dabbling. And I know this is controversial too, even to uh, plant-based eaters. We started dabbling in Beyond Meat because we wanted to try to eat um, less meat-based things. Um, just and and I'll give a little bit of context as, and to even more why I like this. One of the things is I have looked at the studies, and you know, meat production is I do think um, hurting the world. Now we can disagree with that. That's fine. We'll do another podcast on that. But I, I from what I've seen, it does um, at least in some part um has a negative effect on the world and as a christian i want to help the world i want to redeem it i want to be a part of making it more beautiful that being said um i also don't want to eat flavorless awful food and one <laughs> of the things i believe about humanity is we have this amazing ability to be creative and to figure out problems mm -hmm. and to do yes. things and so what i loved was 
Um, I hate black bean burgers. I'm just going to say it. No, I can, I can scarf them down. And that makes you a good person that you hate black bean burgers. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been looking for like a good veggie burger and no one's, it's never been able to really happen for me. But what I think is so cool is that technology, which is human mm, ingenuity yep. and creativity has gotten us this place where we can replicate um, meat in a way that you get the taste, but it's also more sustainable for the earth and is healthier for you. Although some people would disagree with me. But so I'm going to bless uh, our Beyond Burgers that we would make once a week during the pandemic. We had a lot of fun. Um, I grilled them up and it was I really, really liked them. And now I now I want them. Um, but I just think it's cool. So I'm going to bless Beyond Meat, I guess, on the burgers, because I think it's cool to see human ingenuity um, go about solving a problem in a way that's not just awful, but actually um, uh, no. shoots the world forward in a creative, cool way that I, I solves problems. I'm going to oh, jump yeah, okay. on that and just say like, look, I think, you know, a a play, a world where people can make the choice of saying, I would like to eat more plant-based things. I just want them to taste not awful. And people have that option is a better world to live in. And so yeah. like, you know, so that's, so that I, that's why I support what Beyond Meat's doing as well. And this, what's he doing is to go even further beyond yeah and, well, and that's why i i love human creativity and ingenuity yeah. it mm -hmm. makes cool new things it makes the world better and that's what i think uh one i think the image of god is there when we see people do that but uh, it's going a little strong for beyond me that will put that in their next advertising campaign yeah exactly <laughs> um hopefully we'll get a sponsorship but yeah so that's my um that's my bless our beyond burgers that we made and then my curse is Oh man, I don't want to make people angry. I, mean, I was going to curse the paleo and and uh, make and them diet. angry. Make but them listen, angry. I have a lot of friends who love these diets and they swear by them. Listen, I can be wrong. All of us here could be wrong. But from the 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 studies I've done, especially someone who um, deals with uh, tries to manage high cholesterol, um, it does seem that those encourage that kind of blindly. And I and I and I think that a lot of people who do them maybe don't know the the full effects that it will have on their body. And they say, oh, I lost weight, whatever. And I think anything that encourages people to do things blindly is typically bad. And I, and that's mm -hmm. what I've heard a lot from keto and paleo. I'm cursing more the philosophy around it than I am mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. it. I think, you know, if it's right for your body, maybe it is. I, who am I? I'm not a doctor to tell you it's right, but I, but I would encourage you not to do things blindly. And that's what I've seen with a lot of the philosophical marketing behind these. Just do them. You'll lose weight. And they offer, and then people do, and, and they go, oh, they must be working and not knowing the long-term damage. Um, you know, there was a time when we encouraged smoking because it like, you know, I, I don't know, there's some like medical benefit to smoking. That's how people sold it for a while. That I think one of them actually was you'll lose weight. Which is true. <laughs> smoke. Nicotine is an appetite suppressant, but it does have long-term effects. So I think um, I would curse those things just because I don't feel like they often come with full context or understanding. You curse paleo. It'll curse diet marketing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you, you look at Atkins diet, which is kind of the the OG um, uh, paleo or keto diet. The Atkins, the man himself who invented the diet, he died of a heart attack. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm saying that's very sad, but I think it's also indicative of, of something that can have a negative um, effect on our lives and it's not fully known about. So all I have to say is research stuff, get to know it. Um, I could be totally wrong, yeah. but I don't think that you should not research and understand what you're putting in your body. And, and not just not just don't 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 just research. Make friends with people who research things that you don't research. Yes, <laughs> amen. Who are, yes. Who, are who are trustworthy, you know, and, yes. and, and vet them and let them vet other things because you don't have time to do it all yourself. But and uh, that's why we have Jessica on the podcast. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> yes, that's why we have you guys to, to exactly. have other people on the show. That exactly. we don't have to do the expert. research. You yes. did, thank you. Exactly. Uh, but Joseph, um, your blessings and curses. Yes. So I'm. I again. I'm. I'm going to represent the the uh, the typical or um, where I'm blessing and cursing movies about the topic because again, I am the least educated person on this topic. It's funny how dumb you are of this group. So my um. My bless is going to be the movie, um, the Michael Keaton movie, The Founder, which is okay. the about the um, the founder. Well, the quote unquote founder of the McDonald's uh, company. And it is about his 
um, very unethical rise to owning McDonald's um, and claiming he founded it, even though he did, he did, but he didn't. Uh, and um, it's and like I a thought, Facebook situation. Yes, exactly. And and what's uh, what's interesting about it to me is that uh, even worse, far worse than the Facebook situation. Believe me, if this is to be believed. But I thought it was interesting because a because it does portray a portrayal of a man who does the exact opposite of what we're talking about, um, which is that he he looks at um, his company and the people in it and everyone as something to exploit to benefit himself, purely. He does not see his role as being some steward, something beautiful. He sees it as something, uh, the company, the people he's working with, and uh, you know his marriage uh, as something to exploit in order to um, enrich himself. And mm. that's what you don't want to be regardless of you know the conclusions you come to about what you way you should eat and what you should consume and things like that um you should not you should be looking at it as a stewardship project and not a uh a a uh, um a consumption uh of of stealing um subjects so anyway uh then my curse on the other hand is i'm going to go an oldie but a goodie which is the uh russell crowe noah film and i've done a lot of <clears throat> criticisms of it from a biblical kind of uh, perspective and just a like a making a good movie perspective but um in this case one of the things i thought was morally problematic about it is that it's um it portrayed a world where basically you know sort of a, 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 an idea of that animals are actually just more valuable than humans are uh, to the degree that one of the one of the um the noah character he starts out the movie by um killing people because they tried to kill an animal you know, and and is 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 like you know th this is the picture that people have of vegans, and they portraying this as a positive thing. This is the way we should be. Like Noah's a good man because he does. Listen, that. if you came <laughs> after my golden retriever, I will not be held responsible. <laughs> sure, for what I would do, and that's <laughs> and that's fair because he's your golden retriever. <laughs> but you know, the it's it's a it, the the philosophical idea that's like that. This is where we're inverting what. God put into place saying that, you know, saying, no, actually, you know, we hate humans and, you know, the animals things are more important. That's not the way that's also a wrong way for you to look at this dynamic. So totally. and, and I think the fact that people push it as a positive thing makes people who are in favor of being more ethical to the earth animals look bad because that's how people are now seeing our philosophical or their philosophical worldview. Well, and what's interesting to me today in our discussion, we actually never got to, is it wrong to kill animals? We talked about plant-based eating literally from a position of what's best for humans and yeah. for the world that humans inhabit. And I think that's a possible discussion to have without ever even venturing into those waters yeah. of, um, of uh, those ethics. So that that's interesting. Yeah, uh, no, that definitely is. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jessica, for for joining us. Um, this has been fantastic. If people want to um, get more involved in what the things you're writing about and the things you're doing, your your and the the projects you're working on, um, where can they go to um, find you and find uh, information on those projects to be involved? For sure. Thanks. Yes, you can find my newest venture, Eden and Me, plant based eating made simple at edenandme.com. I also have um, a food and lifestyle blog that I keep up on thisrealjourney.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. I'd love to hear from you if you're interested in any of this. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, Nathan, if people want to get in touch with you and us, where can they go? Uh, well, first, they can go to the openthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and uh, send us all of their love and hate mail and all that good stuff. Make sure to uh, come join the Facebook private group, the overthinkers, to be involved in the community. If you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. You can find me on any of the socials as well, josephholmstudios.com, uh, also as my website. You can find my uh, work on uh, culture at criticism and movie reviews at uh, religionunplugged.com as well. And I also have a piece up on Relevant Magazine for those interested all right. Well, thank you so much again, Jessica, for joining us. Thank you all listeners for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm -hmm.